With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow. Bad timing. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this late starting episode of Political Straight Talk. I am your host, the Political Superman, coming to you live from a super duperty duper secret location. The time, 9.10 on the East Coast, 6.10 on the left coast. And I want to know what everybody else wants to know, and that is what in the hell is the Democrat pollster smoking? Because whatever it is, it's some good stuff. And by the way, for anybody that's listening and needs Chinese food, we have a couple of ladies on here that will gladly give you chicken on a stick. Now, so a lot of things to cover, so let's just jump right in there. And let me just go ahead and make some people mad today because that's, you know, I tend to do that from time to time. So I've heard some debate about the American flag and people, again, wanting to create a constitutional amendment banning the burning of the flag and banning people kneeling and all of this gobbledygook. Okay. So let me preface that by saying this. If you kneel during the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem, you are a pig. Okay. If you burn the flag of the United States, you are a pig. Okay. So let me clear that up before I move on. However, in this country where we have freedoms or supposed to have freedoms and we have enshrined in the Bill of Rights the freedom of expression, there should not be ever a constitutional amendment banning the expression thereof. So if you want to kneel for the pledge and for the national anthem, have at it. You're a pig, but in this country, you have the right to be a pig. Okay? If you want to burn the flag, burn it. Because it doesn't mean the same thing to you as it does me. So you're not burning anything except a rag. Burn it. And until we as Americans can stand up and be willing to let the person next to us stand up as well or kneel, as the case may be, and do that that we would spend our lifetimes shouting against. We cannot be free. And I know a lot of my listeners don't like that, but that is a fact, Jack. Now, moving on to the next topic. There have been riots now for what I believe to be 57 days in Portland, Seattle, Baltimore, um, several cities in Pennsylvania, in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, uh, in, uh, oh shoot, there's some business going on in Kentucky tonight where... uh, of course, the riders already been shot a bunch of their own people. So, number one, I find it kind of weird that we've not heard anything about all these riots until the past week. We've not really heard a lot about Portland. We've not heard a lot about Seattle. We've not heard a lot about Baltimore or Philadelphia or... Uh, Chicago. We've heard about Chicago more than anybody else. New York City. All of this is happening in Democrat states. 
And personally, I think the mayors of these cities are guilty of treason. Because when they took their oath of office, they still swear to uphold the constitutions of their states. And what other constitution? The United States Constitution against terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Now, President Trump has artfully handled this particular section of things. And he has let the states handle this until the point in time where he has to step up. And as I said weeks ago, there would come a time when the people decided it was time for him to step in. We have now reached that pinnacle. So the federal courts have ruled that they cannot limit federal agents in these states as long as the federal agents are protecting federal property. Okay? So yay them. Now, under the... uh, Oh, shoot. Mark, help me out here. I went blank on the act. The Insurrection Act. Act. If the president chooses to invoke the Insurrection Act, which I am under the impression he's going to, given that they've started moving National Guard units into place, he needs to take control of New York City, Chicago, Portland, Seattle, and Philadelphia. Not control as in the government tells the governments of those local municipalities what to do, but they need to take over the policing powers and gain control of these cities. Well, he said the other night. Go ahead. He said the other night that he couldn't go in unless they asked him to go in. Um, He can if he invokes. President Trump, what a better idea for all of this. What if, say, the police of of New York City, which is about ten thousand people, if ten thousand uh, cops in New York, okay, how wrong. Much? The well, New York City police force is thirty five thousand. Okay, thirty five thousand. Say the police of New York City have had enough of Mayor De Blasio and the and all the the crap that he's been peddling out for the last uh, whatever amount of time, and they all decide to stay home. They have a blue flu. So you're going to have 30,000 cops that are not going to patrol the streets of New York. So what's going to happen? There's going to be chaos because the cops are going to be the ones in charge of the city because the city will literally shut down if there's no cops there. So what's going to happen is the Blasio is going to say, well, we need we need some kind of law enforcement, so he's going to call the governor. So Governor Guido, can you send us someone to help us take care of the city? Well, since there's not enough state troopers to do that, let's say we use the National Guard. And Trump wins because the National Guard gets drawn in, and it, it isn't him that's calling it in. It's it's Mayor, it's a Governor Guido that's doing it. And you could do the same thing in every other major city that's, uh, that's being a bunch of asses. Of course, a lot of those police chiefs are in the same lot as the bunch of asses that are running the cities. But that's, that's well, I think, the, I think the rank and file cops, like New York has had such a problem with officers pulling retirement that they've frozen all retirement. Same with Chicago. Memphis, Memphis has a problem too, but Memphis's problem is a little different. But, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of torn because I believe in states' rights. But I'm almost to the point now that the states have had their opportunity. They're failing their people, and it's time for the federal government to step in. Yeah. Well, Lightfoot, <coughs> Lightweight, <laughs> whatever her name is. She's in over her head. You talking about Lori Lightfoot? Oh, yes, she is. Oh, yes, she is. She is so incompetent. She won because she was gay. Yeah. Well, Beetlejuice. Black, black Beetlejuice? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
she is refusing the help and she doesn't realize now. I mean, I know she realizes. I mean, she's got the deadliest city right now. And none of the cops, listen, she's picking a fight with the cops of New, of Chicago. And I'm going to tell you, if the cops of Chicago walk off the job, all hell's going to break loose in that town. Yeah. Here's the thing. This is what people need to understand about Chicago. And if you're not, if you've never lived there or you've not, you're not from there, you don't necessarily understand. But most of this stuff's happening in the south side of Chicago, okay? Now, why is that important? Because on the south side of Chicago, south side of Chicago is run by the union and the gangs, okay? They're in charge. What is in Chicago? South side Chicago is primarily black. Okay, so if Black Lives Matter, okay, if Black Lives Matter, and trust me, I'm not saying they they don't, okay. So before anybody starts in with that crap, simply saying, if if this movement is truly about Black Lives Matter. And why is it that in the areas where we continually see the violence is, in fact, Black Lives? Mm-hmm. It's food for thought. And the only thing they're doing is destroying their communities. Now, in Chicago... In Chicago, it is not about um, paying protesters going in there. This is actually on Black Night. Okay, shooting up that funeral home? Come on. Yeah. The smart thing Blackfoot could have done was Marshall Hall. I did say the other day that at least they didn't have to go far to get to the funeral home. And a lot of people didn't feel like that was appropriate. Anyway, this is, this is the deal. If I'm here of New York city, I call it the police chief or in, in New York in, in Chicago, it's called superintendent. It's not called chief police. I call him superintendent and I say, look, I want every cop on the street and I want you to take our streets back. You go block by block and you take your street back. Pure and simple. Block by block. And you take that city back. The people will help you take that city back. Yeah. People are living in fear in Portland. They're living in fear in St. Louis. They're living in fear in Baltimore. They're living in fear in Pennsylvania. They're living in fear in Seattle. They're living in fear in Chicago, New York. If somebody of leadership will take control and say, hey, we'll help you take your city back, people will rise up. Matter of fact, any protesters that might be listening, I invite you to come to our neck of the woods. Come on down south. Bring your rides with you. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly what will happen to your damn little riots here. First time yeah. you put something on fire, call the volunteer fire department. We're going to put it out. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to drag you down to the jail. The sheriff is going to throw you in the jail. And then your little home, if they try to jump in, we're going to kick your ass. We're going to drag you down to the jail. And we're going to keep repeating the process until all of you little bastards are locked up. Oh, they can do it there, too. They just don't want to. They might step on somebody's toes. 
and they might feel bad and get their feelings hurt. Listen, this stuff being a black thing, white thing, red thing, yellow thing, orange thing, stop being mad 56 days ago. Yeah. The minute you become yeah. violent, you lost your argument. The minute you threw tough cocktails at the cops, you lost your argument. The minute you pulled an innocent person out of their car and beat the shit out of them, you lost your argument. The minute you tried to take over somebody's home, you've lost your argument. The minute you put your damn knee on a little white kid's neck, you lost your argument. Okay? There ain't no ands, ifs, or buts about it. This shit's over. Antifa, terrorist group. Black Lives Matter, terrorist group. New Black Panthers, terrorist group. The New Panther Movement, terrorist group. Okay, the black militia that's in Kentucky right now, terrorist group, all of them. Yeah, they're not even Trump. You raise Kentucky. your hand and you make a fist, you're saying black power. The minute you say black power, you are a racist, as defined by Webster's Dictionary. You salute like Hitler, you are a racist, as defined by Webster's Dictionary. There is no excuses. There is no, oh, but maybe. There is no, oh, but wait. That's the way it is. And a lot of you young little snot-nosed brats out there have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea the anger and the fear and the hate that comes from those symbols. I was alive when buildings were being blown up by the Black Panthers. I was alive when the Ku Klux Klan was going out and destroying people's houses because they were black. I was alive when we had to get under our desk and do drills because of Russians and socialists. All of you are all in the same wad of gum. Y'all are stuck to each other, and you're idiots. Because the truth of the matter is, if y'all get a damn job, y'all wouldn't have time to protest. If you truly want to help race relations in this country, it is simple as do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But we're oppressed. Oh, shit. Our, our ancestors were whole slaves. Okay, well, let me just go ahead and put a nip in that little argument, too. <laughs> when I went to Bangladesh, one of the things I noticed that even the richest of people in Bangladesh that were high to do there would be our almost homeless. Okay. I saw people in Bangladesh that couldn't afford flooring. What I'm trying to say is that nobody in the United States of America is oppressed. Nobody. You're not going to convince me that because the color of your skin is black, that you don't have the same opportunities as other people. Because you do. You may have to work for them, but you have the same opportunities as the white person, as the woman, as the man, as the boy, as the girl, however you want to define it. Were your ancestors oppressed? Yeah, they were slaves. They were forced to do things. But guess what? So were white people. Yeah. They're white slaves. And if you want to talk about slavery, let's talk about slavery. Let's talk about the little kids that are kidnapped every day and forced into sex slave trade. Let's talk about the little baby that tried to be snatched from his mama at Fort Sanders Hospital in Knoxville, Tennessee, because that little bastard wanted to have sex with a baby. Mm. So while we're sitting here talking about people that were slaves in the 1860s that are long dead and long gone, Let's talk about the problems of today. You want to talk about serious solutions? Fine, let's talk about them, okay? But let's stop whining about what's already happened that we can't control. Instead of going out and burning down these towns, for example, Asheville, North Carolina. We've not been on the air since this dumb shit happened. But Asheville, North Carolina, the new, the future home of Barack Obama, went and voted to pay reparations to black people. 
And the way they're going to do it is they're going to give black opportunity to business owners, to black business owners. They're going to have black business zones. Now, think about this. Black business zones. Basically, what they're saying is you can create a business in the ghetto. Now, let's think about that. Black business zones. Is it just me, or does that sound like segregation? This is just like the Democrats wanted. Come on. The Democrats are so liberal and entitled with this idea of equality. We need to have things that are equal. So we're going to make sure that we segregate black and white again. Just like Jim Crow. First of all, this country is not equal. Okay? There are always going to be different groups of people, not based on your skin color, but based on other factors. And guess what? Just the way it's going to be. There is no utopia on planet Earth that everything is equal. I agree with that. Okay. Do, does the black people I know have the same opportunities I do? The answer is yes. Yeah. Do I have the same opportunity as women? Yes. Okay. This isn't about, oh, I'm oppressed, so I need a, a, for example, affirmative action. Okay. So you want to make the, you want to make the playing field leveling colleges. So they've determined now most major universities are saying they're not going to accept ACT or SAT scores after this year. Okay. <clears throat> Fine. I have no problem with that. But systemically, why is it that blacks tend to do worse on the ACT and SAC than whites? I'll be glad to tell you why. A, there's a higher disposition for the inability to read. Okay, there's a higher disposition for the misunderstanding of math. There is, and listen to me carefully, there is no choice of schools. Mm -hmm. I'm not going into the whole private school versus public school. I'm just simply saying that areas where most blacks grow up don't have the best teachers, don't have the best schools. And those students are stuck. Okay? There are things that we need to do differently. But at the end of the day, if you look at everything in this country, everybody has the same opportunity. I get so damn mad when I hear the phrase, driving while black. Okay? (laughs) So, I don't know if you've ever looked into another car. Mark. Mark. He's okay. Still on. He's still on. Hmm. Check the Bluetooth. Well, the point is, one of the phrases that makes me the maddest is when I hear driving while black. Okay, so let's just talk about that, because I cannot stand that phrase. Number one, listen very carefully. When you get pulled over by the police, A, don't do anything stupid. B, put your hands on the steering wheel. Not that damn complicated. Keep them where they can see them. They don't know you. They don't know what's inside your car. Don't give them a reason to be jumping. Number three, be respectful. You don't have to like the fact you got pulled over, but be respectful. They have a job to do. Number four, when they ask for your identification, give it to them. Supreme Court ruled in 1972 that when you're asked for your identification, it must be presented to law enforcement officers. That's part of the law. Just do it. Number five, 
and really important, be honest, within reason, to the cops. If I ask you if you've got anything in your car that could harm them, tell them. Yeah, I got a knife in the door, whatever. Okay? It's going to go a lot further. As long as they know the stuff's there, they're not going to be pitching number five, a fit. Number six. And listen very carefully to number six because number six is very important. Tell all of your passengers to keep their pie holes shut. Yeah. Okay? You deal with the officer. You keep your hands where they can be seen. Your your compatriots need to keep their hands where they can be seen. It protects everybody. Okay? And number seven, don't hold drugs in your damn car and then think you're going to get away with it because the damn dog's going to come by. <laughs> okay? It's the same as driving while Hispanic, which I think there are some Hispanics get targeted a little more. Mm-hmm. But I think that has a lot to do with, A, good police work. What's the number one group of illegals in this country? Okay, just like, well, we won't even go there. I'm just simply saying is that you can comment Mark, have you made it back? I just texted. I can't learn it. Where are you, I think? Power one. All right. So, has you noticed that President Trump has went totally silent almost on Twitter? Yes. Has anybody noticed? I that, didn't know. <laughs> well, you're in Twitter jail, so. Yeah. President come out and said, look, his tweets get him in trouble. Yes, that's true. His new campaign manager is really tightening up the ship. And they're getting ready for their first debate with Jumpin' Joe. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> where Joe Biden's going to get his ass handed to him. Yeah. I will tell you that I was able to hear most of the interview with Chris Wallace last week. Oh, God. That was a great. Yeah, it was great. But Chris also put in some gotcha questions, too. Well, hey, I'm glad he did. Trump Trump answered every one of them. And Chris Wallace actually went out and defended President Trump. Yeah. Said, look, he answered all my questions. I'm like, well, jump, he also jump. came out. He also came out a couple of days ago and said, Trump's in a hole. Well, I do think I do think that from public perception, he's in a hole. Yeah. Well, Chris is a liberal. So. He is a liberal. I, but I don't like him. I like his father more, but you know. I like them both. I like I like Mike Wallace and Chris. I think Chris he's Wallace is a journalist. He hasn't forgotten he's, that he's a journalist. Yeah, that's true. Now, President Trump is in a bit of a hole. Okay, but listen. Trump is raising money like nobody's business. He did an online Mm. fundraiser. And the money that man raised, holy crap. Yeah. The Democrats didn't even come close. Yep. Here's Mark. Wait a minute. Now, the good news is that the... The small donor, which is where the Democrats usually whip the Republicans right and left, and it's Republicans that bundle money because they can't get those individual donors. Well, we're getting all the individual donors. Democrats, listen, I'm going to tell you all right now, don't doubt the enthusiasm of President Trump. Anger and hatred of a candidate does not win elections. I just want everybody to remember that. I know all right, Mark, are you back? Back. 
All right, continue with your point. <laughs> what point was that? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, um, talking about affirmative action, it, affirmative action is in place because colleges, universities, and, and other and other entities don't think black people or Hispanic people are smart enough as what to get in or as smart as white people. If you look at all of these programs, these social programs that's supposed to make equal, make the country equal, it's all based on white supremacy. Affirmative action is in place because colleges don't think that black students is, students are just as smart as white kids. So we have to let some black kids in to, to make it all even. That's their thinking. That's their rationality. That's the thinking of the Democrat Party, by the way. Remember a few years ago when the voter right when a voter ID was the big hot button issue, and all yeah. these beautiful little white liberals said, "Well, these black people they can't afford to get IDs. They don't they don't know how to get IDs. It, it that's so racist." And then you go to Harlem. And you interview people on the street and say, uh, do you know how to get a, 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 a ID? Yeah, you go down to the DMV on 3rd Street. Or how about, uh, do you know how to get an ID online? Oh, yeah, I, I, I know how to do that because I work with computers. I work on, that's what I do about my business. So you have the idea of, let's, it's the poor, poor minorities that need our help. So we, as the big, bad, liberal, white supremacists, are going to say, uh, we're going to have to do this for you because you're too stupid to do it for yourself, just like the way they were during slavery. Now, another thing, I want, I want to press upon how racist this country is. This country is so racist that, in fact, in 2008, they took a black man whose name they had trouble pronouncing and they made him the president of the United States. And then four years later, they made him the president again. You know, something that that man said on 60 Minutes in 2008 in an interview, the reporter hmm. asked, if you lose this election, will it be because America is a racist nation? And that black man, whose name a lot of Americans had trouble pronouncing, said, if I don't win this election, it's be not because this country is racist, it's because I didn't get my message across. Because we have progressed enough in this country that we can see past color and that we can elect the plan. And sure enough, as soon as he got elected, America became racist again. And yep. we're at the stage that we're at now, yep. mainly because it's an election year, and because it's an election year, race is a is a huge issue. Because everyone knows Trump is the most racist president that has ever walked the earth, except for the fact that he got an NAACP award with uh, Al Sharpton and Rosa Parks in New York about 20 years ago. Thank you. That's my rant. Have a good night. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Seth. All right. So. <coughs> it seems the host is taking him out. Huh? How you doing? Good. Huh? Yeah. Is there any other topics you'd like to rant about while you're at? <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, the, the the funeral celebration of John Lewis is happening right now. Yeah. <clears throat> for, for those of you who don't know, John Lewis was a congressman who, in his youth, actually did some decent work. He was uh, he was marched with Martin Luther King. He got a, he got hit in the head in Selma or something like that. After Dr. King died, and he was able to use the name of Dr. King and realize that. Being a race baiter is a really great, profitable way to make a living. So John Lewis decided he was going to run for Congress, and he won. He's been in Congress for 437 years. His <laughs> district is a slum. His district has a very low uh, literacy rate. His district has a very high crime rate. 
his district has a very high poverty rate. And just like Eli Cummings, who he kind of looks like, he's probably in hell right now, right next to Hitler. Hmm. Because that's another one. See, John Lewis is going to be celebrated for the next seven days. But what they're not going to tell you is John Lewis has taken advantage of, the, of his people, the people that his constituents. And his, his constituents are not better off than they were before electing John Lewis. They are much, much worse off. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, when you watch, so when you watch the celebration of his life over the next um, week, because it's going to last another week, and there's yeah. going to be a there's going to be a parade and a tour and all of this crap because COVID nineteen oh, yeah. don't hit funeral homes no. at least proper politicians' funerals. <clears throat> just remember, case? just remember, how many of those people that he represented are living in slums that he helped cause? Yeah. And that's the rest of it. Well, you'll see Darth Vader and Nancy get up there and uh, cry and Al Sharpton will probably ask for more money. Yeah, poor Al Sharpton. Yeah, really. He's just wasting well, away. So. Can you believe that? That that big. I wonder. Called the I wonder. Agent. What? I wonder how many Democrats would get really pissed off and demand to have Martin Luther King's name removed from everything if they found out he was a devout Republican. Yeah, really. I wonder how pissed off people would be if they knew that Harriet Tubman was a devout Republican. Really? Oh, you mean the woman that's going to be in the $20 bill soon? Oh, yeah. Yes. I like her. She was a devout Republican. I wonder if they knew that Dr. Alberta King and the entire King family are Republicans and, more importantly, Trump supporters. Yeah. I wonder how she said. Well, now they passed a bill to remove all the Confederate statues in the Capitol. Well, that's which not I a thought, bill. Which I thought that's was not a bill. law. Uh, the Speaker Let of the House. Let the Democrats clean their house. Let the Democrats yeah. remove all of their little monuments that they put That's up right. 100 years ago. That's, Republicans, that is should what... to... Republicans should not want to touch this with a 10-foot pole because that's all That's right. the Democrats. I'd stay right away from it. You're exactly right. right. That's why I don't really give a crap because they're only removing statues they put up to honor themselves. The only exception to that rule that I would have would be Robert E. Lee. Well, yeah. they already did and that. Here, here's why I have a problem with them removing Robert E. Lee. Number one, Robert E. Lee didn't really want... Listen, nearly all of the generals that fought for the Confederacy, nearly all the soldiers didn't cotton to slavery, okay? No pun intended to that. Um, a very few in the South actually owned slaveries. Right. And most of them went to West Point. Now, when when Abraham Lincoln asked Robert E. Lee to lead the Union Army, Robert E. Lee said, Sir, if my beloved Virginia stays with the Union, I will lead the Union. If my beloved Virginia goes with the secession, I have to go with my beloved Virginia. Exactly what he said. Let me interrupt you there. That's a context that most people don't understand. When they came to the Civil War, it wasn't that we were one huge federal nation. It was that we are individual states under one flag. 
So if the people of Virginia said, we are Virginians first and Americans second, that's how they saw it. That's how all of the states saw it then. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a question. Are you a Louisianan first and an American second? No, I'm not, but that's a that's because we're in a different time. <laughs> it was after the Civil War that when America really became a whole country instead of individual states with a federal government. Right. And and that and you're right about that. Most people don't get that the federal government was nothing what it is today. Oh yeah. And it wasn't such a big honor to be president back in the day. Not until about Eisenhower did it start becoming this big, you know, hey, everybody wants it type deal. But listen. If Biden gets up Biden gets up and says President Trump is the first racist president we've ever had. <laughs> well, first of all look in the mirror, Joe. You have to ignore Joe Biden. He doesn't really say anything of any substance. And that's what people need to understand. This race is going to come down to who can motivate their voters to get out and vote. Republicans are motivated, okay? Trump's people will show up, okay? Democrats, some Democrats are going to show up because they're mad and they want to vote. But the majority of them are going to stay home. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of these colleges are playing right into Trump's hands. Okay? I want you to listen to me very carefully. These millennials, well, I don't even guess you can call them millennials now. These generation wires, I guess, would be the next thing is if they're told to stay home, they're not going to come out and vote because they're going to be afraid of getting the corona. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's already yeah. a proven fact that this uh, whole business of mail-in ballots ain't going to work. And I'm pretty sure the Supremes are going to step in on that one. They've now got three different rulings from three federal judges. And I'm about willing to bet that they're going to knock that down because there's no such thing as a federal election. Right. You have 57 individual elections. Yeah. Who was it that said the other night? Trump supporters would crawl across broken glass to vote for me. Yep. Me. Did you say that? Fire pit. Well, it's a true, I, I, I would agree, that's a true statement. And listen, these polls, and, you know, I'm not going to get too hung up on polling data. But I'm going to tell you what, these polls are oversampling. They mm-hmm. are They are creating the same issue that they had in 2016, except for this time it's a lot worse. They're oversampling majorly, majorly in several key demographics. Three of the states that I know they're oversampling is Florida, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. The oversampling in Pennsylvania is almost 20%. Wow. The oversampling in Florida is to the tune of about 15 because I saw today where Trump's supposedly down 15 points in Florida. I don't believe it. Yet I don't either because the majority of the the majority of the polling information came out of the uh, central to southern part of Florida, down in Broward County, Miami Dade, those areas in the I-75 yeah. corridor, which tend yeah. to be heavily Democrat. Well, there's already been Facebook posts where people are saying, I've gotten calls or I'm being polled. I'm not answering them. They'll find out in November. Well, Trump supporters questioning polls, and I hate to interrupt y'all, but there's a website y'all should go to called primarymodel.com. This is is done by a guy named Helmut 
um, what's the helmet something. He's a he's a Stony Brook University professor, and he has been yeah. right since every election for, too. for a while. And every election right too. now, his right model. Now, hang on, Mark. Let's put him in context. His model has been wrong twice. Yeah. In 1960 and 2000. And if you remember, 1960 was determined by 505 votes, or five, I'm sorry, 600 votes, and 2000 was determined by 535. Okay. So those models, if you, yeah, but he's been right. And his model right now has President Trump a 93% chance of winning. Yeah, I believe it. I'm looking at it, but it's close enough. Yeah. I'm sorry? Well, currently it says 91% chance, but uh, yeah, 91, 93 is all the same thing uh, at this point. Well, I just, I don't know. I, Democrats are going to pull out every stop and do everything they can to steal this election. Here's here's an indicator of where if the election was as was as bad for Trump as the, the media is claiming it is, they would be saying, "Let's go vote right now." There's no we need mail-in ballots, we need this or we need that to vote. vote. No, if polls were as accurate as they're saying they are, as they're reporting they are, they would be wanting to vote this second for this election. And you notice. The, every other word is, well, we need mail-in ballots because of COVID-19. We need this because of COVID-19. Oh, my God, COVID-19. It's, if it was anywhere near what they're talking about, they would – first of all, there would be no COVID. There would be no COVID at all if, this, if, if these polls were accurate. If these mm-hmm. polls were accurate. They wouldn't have to have Joe Biden in seclusion. They would have an interview with Joe Biden every other day. Yeah. Just go to his basement and let him let him get the reporters and even let him sniff him. Listen, he's in the basement because they don't want him out talking. Right. That's why he had a fireside chat with President Obama. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is a joke? And then they panned over to Biden. He's He's falling asleep. <laughs> well, what's going to happen soon is they're going to have to pick the running mate. And the running mate yeah. is going to have to go do the campaign. So, as, as, uh, uh, um, as soon as Harris's record is, is clear and they announce her as the candidate, she's going to go out and do a canvas tour of the, of the country and all the things they because. Uncle Joe's in his basement sniffing little girls. Wow. Yeah, I know I went there. I don't care, though. Jeez. All right, guys, it is that time for final thoughts. So I will go around and ask for your final thoughts. We'll start with Tammy since she's late to the the show. (laughs) Well, you know, I had... My friend from Vegas popped up and called me out of nowhere, so I was afraid something was going on with her. And then one of the current candidates called, and, you know, it's just always something. I just wish that the fear that is gripping this country would dissipate because I'll tell you, I got a phone call last Friday, not yesterday, Friday week ago, that my best girlfriend's mom, 88 years old, and kidney failure and dialysis had COVID. And so did she and her husband. They got it from the dialysis nurse. Oh, my God. Her mother spent a week in the hospital. I mean, when she called me and told me that, I was like, oh, she's gone. Because of all the news reports and everything, everything that you hear on TV. Her mother came home from the hospital today. She's fine. They sent her home with some antibiotics. They The only thing that they treated her with in the hospital is they had some uh, oxygen at one point. And um, they said yesterday that her numbers and everything were good, and they might treat her with the plasma for the antibodies. But mm-hmm. evidently her markers came up and were much better, so they sent her home today. And my friends were never treated. They're 66 and 70, respectively. 
they told them to take a baby aspirin and they're home, they're fine. The fear of the emails that we're getting from people from the school system, I'm not sure how people manage. It's ridiculous over this. What is the percentage of the school system that signed up for online classes? Uh, I don't have those numbers. I would say, um, seems like I heard them say like 3,900 at the last meeting. But, you know, we mandated masks at the last meeting, and then now all of a sudden, like all these numbers are allegedly rising. When I spoke to a pediatric, a, a well-known pediatrician in Murfreesboro, who had a an adult that had tested positive for COVID, not even in the hospital, treated him at home, uh, but he's wanting to go back to work. He has since then taken ten COVID tests, and each one of those have come back positive. So he's had oh. eleven COVID positive tests. And each one of those have been counted as a case. Oh wow! wow. One person. How many students are in the school district? Right at fifty thousand. Okay. And I've had a really, I've had a really hard time pulling information as the age group because right now they're doing it by the spread rate, and I was like, well, we can look at the spread rate all day long, but what age group is that in? Is that across the board? Is it all in seniors? Is it the 30-year-olds? What's the breakdown? I mean, I call the Rutherford County Health Department, and they can't even give it to me. And they sent me to the CDC, and I don't have a desktop. I've got an iPad, and pulling information on an iPad is just insane. But well, they're they're pushing for us not to open schools on Tuesday. Well, well that's, that's what's going to end up happening. They're pushing school dates back, and they're being they're basically being told. Uh, some school districts have been told if they open, they won't receive federal funding. Hey, I got an email. I got an email from President someone in President uh, Trump's. Um, what does he call it? His religion group or whatever his ministry group. And yeah, it says, the, let, me, let me read you what it says. And I'm I'm 100% on board, my president. This is this is a part of it because he's they're they're giving some money to the schools to reopen. It says, if schools do not reopen, funding should follow the students so parents can send their child to private, charter, religious, or homeschool of their choice. Boom. I'm 100% behind it because these kids right. have been out of school. Wait a minute. They've not Wait a minute. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. Ladies and gentlemen, you have officially heard it here. Tammy is now in favor of choice for school. Yeah. Oh, stop it. Yes. Stop it. I've always been me off. After after years of me trying to convince her that Stop it. You should have your own money. She has come back. Stopping. Hey, I've got it on recording now. I'm gonna start a commercial and play that baby. In this instance, I think this is the right thing that the president needs to do. Because look, I have emails where parents are crying because they're gonna to have to quit their job to stay home with their kids. And the school board voted that we're gonna go back to school for those who wanna go back to school. Those who don't want to go back can either homeschool they can virtual school or they can distance learn. We've got those three options through our system. Those those three should carry everybody. We've got children that have IEPs that are CDC, that are Fed students that have been completely left out of the loop since March of this year. I mean, wow. you just can't do that to these children. It's not fair. No, they've got to get back to school. I mean, yeah, it's not fair. I mean, the pediatric, the pediatric society of America says. Well, the good news is, when the kids come back to school, a lot of them will actually know how to do math. Will actually (laughs) know how to uh, do a few other things. That depends on that depends on what curriculum that they choose. 
That really depends well, on what curriculum you choose. I got news for you. I'm old school math, and that's what I teach. And hey, I, I'm, I, I I, you know I'm down like four flat tires for old school math. I think the common core math is ridiculous. I, mean, I will go head to head with any teacher, with any of the kids, that they try to get them. I saw Bella and Lexi. Bella and Lexi were brought some math in, and I'm going to tell you something. The way I learned how to do the exact same thing they're doing cuts it down by about 10 steps. Oh, to 10 I, minutes, 10 or 20 minutes. <laughs> I finally just had to teach them the right way. I'm just like, look, you forget this. This is the easiest way to do this. And then the teachers jump on them, and I'm like, right on there that Mom and Jack says this is the way to do it. <laughs> but. At the at the end of the day, um, you know, yeah, kids got to get education. Now, yeah. where they get that education is up for some debate, but they do need to get an education. Um, I am going to tell you that most schools will end up pushing pushing back their in contact days just because they, yeah. A lot of parents are scared about this stuff. and It's not the parents that I'm hearing from that are scared about it. It's the teachers. Well, the teacher, listen, most teachers are morons anyway <laughs> and need to go back to school before they teach it. But that's another I'm subject another time. School, but... uh, I'm just simply going to say this, that, A, this country is severely lacking in good quality teachers, and, B, Listen, if these teachers, I'm just going to tell you, most teachers right now are using this as a political statement, yeah. and that's bull hockey. I've got and other teachers who know some of them were spent their summer are the shutdown at the mountains or the beach, and they're not happy about it. I have I had a teacher call me and say that her daughter's teacher was a phenomenal teacher. But she spent most of her shutdown uh, at the beach or um, <laughs> at the mountain, okay, so she so. couldn't zoom. She couldn't zoom and teach her daughter. So she's mad about it. She's like, now they don't want to come back to school. But they they got paid and they spent most of the shutdown on vacation. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm simply going to say this. That the one thing, the one positive thing that is going to come out of this whole COVID mess is that the school system as we know it has finally had its back broken, and now we can begin to fix it. Oh, they're about to step in it for sure. They're about to step in it. I'm just going to tell you, I, I wish I had a dollar for every email because I'd be sitting pretty right now. Wow. I mean, I'm, the death threats, the threats that we're going to have blood on our hands, I mean, it's 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 insane. It's insane how well, some of these people are acting. Well, it pisses me off when they blame President Trump. Well, he's killed oh, 146,000 people. People aren't blaming. No, Democrats are blaming President Trump. Your everyday right. working class people aren't blaming him for a damn thing. I no, know they're not. Okay, but I'm going to tell you something about schools, okay? And and you know, Tammy and I go back and forth about this, and Tammy has the right to be wrong, and she is. But <laughs> here's the, here's the thing, okay? One, if these school systems and they need to listen, okay? You want all these kids in public schools, but these teachers aren't wanting to show up and ain't wanting to do their job, and that's fine. You don't want to show up and you want to protest and you're not going back to the classroom till you get A, B, C, D, or E. The more that the parents have the kids at home and the more that the parents have to find alternatives, the more the parents are going to realize that those alternatives create a better environment for those kids. And let me give yeah. you a prime example. Okay. A family has been home since March. Their kids were on Zoom three, four days a week getting their education done. They're able to knock out their education time in two to three hours versus eight hours, and the family realizes that, hey, we've got time to go on field trips to do these things that we weren't able to do before, 
because our kid was going to school for eight hours a day, but now they're doing the same stuff in a matter of three hours a day. And so, hey, that frees up five hours. Well, guess what? There's an alternative. There are communities, and, and I'm very proud of these communities, but I've seen communities, churches stepping up, putting computers in their fellowship halls and bringing kids in that don't have internet at home. And what are they doing? They're co-oping for kids that are in trouble with wow. education. They've been co-opted over the summer, and guess what? These kids have jumped two and three grade levels in their reading proficiency. Okay. Yeah. This is what you do. This is what communities do. This is what schooling used to be. And the more, the has, the more people are going to realize they don't need these schools. And so what are the teachers going to end up doing? They're going to end up screwing themselves out of a job. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not just that. And take it to another level. Take it to all of these parents who have been sitting at home with their children, have been teaching their children for how long now? Three or four months now? And all, most school systems in this country, they don't rely on just grants or uh, from the federal government or funding from federal funding. What they rely on is millages and, and taxes, stuff that is voted for periodically by the people. And if the people see, well, what's the point of us spending more money in taxes on these schools that haven't been open since COVID hit. What's the point of doing this? And a lot of those, uh, a lot of those uh, tax deferate, um, tax votes happening are are going to happen in November. So the school systems are going to start screwing themselves because people are going to say, "Well, the the kids haven't been in school for half the year. Why the hell should I pay more property tax or more sales tax?" on schools that aren't even doing anything. Well, and another thing, another thing, it's going to come a time where the brick-and-mortar school system is no longer. And this is the perfect opportunity for that. When parents can say, why do we need to pay for a building or why do I have to send little Jimmy to school when he can learn at home on a laptop? in his room and do much better than if he was going to school and listening for eight hours a day. Well, there there are ups and downs to that particular line of thought, and we're not going to go there. We're just simply going to say that COVID is creating opportunities where a lot of the teachers' unions had been fighting those opportunities. Well, now the teachers' unions are trying to use this as a political statement. I know in Chicago, the teachers there have refused to go back to school until they get Medicare for all. I mean, it's a crazy list of of things that they want. Um, so people, you know, especially education board, school boards, etc. I mean, these are things they need to be watching out for because all it takes is a little shift for the tide to turn. And if the tide turns, public schools as we know it is over. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't wow. know, you know, every school district <clears throat> kind of handles their own little thing. But in Tennessee especially, a lot of those are bowing to public pressure. Yeah, I know. So, wow. Do you think, I think that courts need to make it? School boards need to make a decision and stick with it. Yeah. What do you but think a lot of school boards, yeah. a lot of school boards are kind of leaving it up to the director of schools, or mm-hmm. in certain people's cases, the director of schools have just decided to take that on his own. What do you think Tammy. about President Trump canceling the convention? Uh, smart move. Where's Tammy? He had to take a call. Okay. Well, um, I think it's a smart move. Just you for the optics of it. You don't think it's going to hurt him? Nah. It's going to hurt the Democrats. They ain't going to hurt him. How is it going to hurt the Democrats by him canceling the convention? 
because now they don't have something to accuse him of not canceling and getting corona for. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Now they have something to protest. <laughs> All right. My final thought, everyone stay safe, don't do anything stupid, and I remember when John Lewis said, Trump will be elected over my dead body. (laughs) Other than that, I mean, I've said enough during this, this, uh, this, this broadcast. Um, just remember, don't believe everything you see on the on Facebook. Don't believe everything you see on the news. At least do some research and don't be a sheep. Be the wolf. Um, is Trump going to be reelected? Yes. Is uh, is Joe Biden? Does Joe Biden actually know where he is right now? Probably not. <laughs> He's probably sedated or something. He's probably in Cambridge. He lasses to the election. Well, um, also, if you have, it's okay if you don't have a problem with pedophilia, but if you support the guy who does support pedophilia, then you know you got the problem. I've said that right. wrong. You don't know where I'm going with this. We got um, you. Also, um, I'm surprised that um, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, woman is still alive. Me too. <laughs> The only thing I could figure is that Trump, the Trump team must have some armed guards in the jail with her because she's not dead yet. Yeah, I know. Well, they want names. Yeah. Uh-huh. But she'll, she'll end up, you know, having somebody hang her so she can commit suicide. Um, mm. Barbara, your final thought? Uh, first of all, we would be remiss if we didn't remember Regis Philbin, who died yesterday at the age of 88. Um, I love him. He, he was so funny. Uh, moving on. Um, about this sports stuff, this baseball crap that's going on, everybody kneeling during the national anthem and um, except for that one pitcher, and then them stenciling Black Lives Matter on the pitcher mound. I mean, has the world gone crazy? I mean, yeah, there's another sport I won't watch, right? Well, so, I need everybody, all lives matter, and that's yeah, just that's the way it is. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. That's right. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You fall for anything. Freedom is a free. Thank a soldier for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the families of soldiers for without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. And say thank you to all of the nurses and doctors out there working in this big, bad pandemic. I'm the political superman saying, have a good night, everybody. Night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.